0: me why life can be so hard every day we pray that we get through the rain I have a guest today who's a really cool guy um yeah you can, you can introduce yourself
1: well we'll see how cool I am I don't know I'm gonna follow your lead Jay
0: okay all right man um so yeah uh my brother's name is Robert. His name is Robert. He's a cool dude. Um, we uh, we met not too long ago, and we we really kind of hit it off, man. We got along very well, really quick, you know. And it's uh that's difficult. That doesn't happen a lot, you know. Most people I run into, I I uh, consider them to be fucking psychos, so, you know. <laughs> Word of the day, psycho. <laughs> right, psycho. But I'm a psycho too, so, you know, I can't judge the psychos. Um, but yeah, man, what's going on, man? How you doing, bro? I'm good,
1: I'm good. We lost two uh, two great ones today. We lost uh, Cloris Leachman and Alan Alda. Cloris Leachman, who was that? Well, she was in many things, but famous for Mary Tyler Moore.
0: Oh, yes, yeah, crazy. My father used to work for NBC and CBS. I don't know which one. There CBS. You know, CBS. There you go. And I remember being a kid, and he had a chair, one of those director chairs, and it had uh, um, Mary Tyler Moore on the back. And
1: She's a friend. special lady, great yeah. show, one of the great sitcoms of the 70s. So right. You know, can't beat that. Right. And Alan Alda from MASH.
0: Nice to left.
1: Mash. I mean, I
0: come used to on. watch Mash at like two o'clock in the morning when I was a kid because that's when it came on. That's right. It was weird. But yep. yeah, Mash was was cool. And so was Alan Alda. And he did. And which both who, of them. I'm sorry. I'm, no, no, no. So which one was he as far as the the characters in Mash? He was. was he a uh, char- did he play? Yeah, in Yeah, no, man. Oh, okay. He was Hawkeye. Wasn't he Hawkeye? I don't. I don't. The name i name of his character? the names. Yeah. Yeah. Only guy I remember is the is the one guy, the main dude. Well, he was the main character. Oh, okay. Alan Old is his main character. Ah.
1: Skinny white guy. Yeah yeah, 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 man. That's him. He passed away. Passed away today. Wow. Cloris Leachman was like 94, maybe, something like that. Alan Old was something like 85. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 So it's not like they didn't live long, long lives, lives and great yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But just coincidentally, same day, boom, both, both gone. yeah. That's weird. Well, this is a great way to start this song. Yeah,
0: right, talking it's about a little bit on a death. sad
1: note, folks, so right. we'll try to pick it up from here. How about them <laughs> oh, Lakers?
0: Right. <laughs> Those fucking Lakers. But no, that's that's crazy, man. That is a I mean, but like you said, they lived long fulfilling lives. So it wasn't like they died when they were 3 years old or something. That's that's just fucked up. But,
1: Larry King just died a couple of days <laughs> Larry ago. Larry King. This is like Larry the uh, obituary Larry podcast right. folks. Tune in <laughs> right. for the next dead person, fucking. we'll
0: let you know how it goes. Yes. Fucking the dark episodes. Yeah, for sure. But um, no, death is a trip. Death is a trip, man. People don't like to think about death, but death is more constant than in almost anything, and it's something that we just can can't wrap our heads around. Yeah, well, it's the constant. So one yeah, thing it, we it, share with everybody. We can, yeah, we can never uh escape that. So it's just weird to me that it's it's still something that people are fear fearful of. You know, partly because it's an unknown. You know, you don't know yeah. what happens when that, the lights go out. You exactly, that yeah, that mystery it scares people. Right. Not I mean, knowing what happens, because people think that they're in the forever darkness, and it's like, no, that's not an experience. Well, that's, where do you think we are? I don't know. I don't even act. I don't play like I know. I have no idea. It's not. It's not for me to know. Well, when <laughs> it's like, that's crazy. No, we're I not understand. supposed.
1: You know what I understand. mean? Like we're not supposed to know. That's true. When the, when an animal dies, especially a dog or a cat, we talk about sending them over the Rainbow Bridge, where all the dogs and cats you've ever loved who've passed away right. are playing in the field, waiting for us to come by okay. when we finally pass away, and they right. greet us at the Rainbow Bridge. It's a little soupy and sappy, this story, but that's, that's yeah. It's a very pleasant way of looking at
0: it. Yeah, I mean you can look at it. You can look at it any way you want, but I feel like the real ex- the. I don't know what happens after you die, because I've never died. Um, So I can't speak on something I know nothing about, but I could speculate, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we can create these these, uh, images or concepts in our minds to kind of help us not be as fearful about death. Yeah, for sure. But death is... uh, What about a heaven concept? Yeah. You good with that? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I would like that. I would like that. But um, I feel like to a certain degree, this this is heaven, what we're experiencing now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if, if you feel as if you're in heaven while you're alive, then, you know, it makes things a lot easier. That's true. I gotta be honest with you. That's very heady
1: stuff. We're really in the heady portion of the <laughs> yeah now. But I love deep. it. I mean, it's we're great. We're too deep.
0: It's, no, it's great. Well, I remember I was in a philosophy class, and my uh, the teacher was talking about um he was talking about like heaven and stuff like that, and and, and he asked me. He was like, uh, so what? You don't you don't think when you die you go to heaven? I said, I feel like we're in heaven now. And people looked at me like I was crazy. It's like oh. That's sweet, but stupid. (laughs) (laughs) They really, they looked at me like they had never thought of life in that way, Mm. as being heavenly. And it really, it it tripped them out, yeah. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah, why not, man? Why not? But yeah. um, So tell the people where you're from, man. Born and raised in New York City. New York City over New here. New York. Hey, what are we doing?
1: New York is in the house tonight, I guess. And <laughs> What part of New York? Uh, well, I actually grew up and raised in Yonkers, which is right outside of the city, and then in Manhattan itself, Upper West Side.
0: Okay, Yonkers. 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 What was it like growing up in New York? And when were you, when, <clears throat> you grew up in the 70s, right? Right. What was it like growing up in... Well,
1: know, the music like, the was 70s. a lot better than it is oh, today. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know it. I know it was. Don't you hate when older people say the music was better that's in mean, my you know, day? You get old, It's like, oh, Just this, tedious. The music, yeah, the music Awful. nowadays is shit. Well, I didn't say that. But I mean, it is. That's, <laughs> I mean, but that's that's a different subject. But yeah, um, Well, let's put it this way: people <laughs> played their own instruments back then. Right, people actually knew how to play instruments. Yeah, and so. knew how to sing. There was no auto tune. Right? Well, we
1: used to go to a place called the Fillmore East. There's one out here too in San Francisco uh, called the Fillmore West, ironically enough. But owned by the same guy, Billy Graham, Mm -hmm. and um, his concept was to have three acts Mm -hmm. in a given night who were completely different from each other. Okay, that's cool. And his concept was, quote, if I'm going to show these kids music, I want to broaden their scope, their interest level. Right, right. So you're not coming here just to listen to stoner music or heavy metal music or classic music or country music. You're going to hear three different bands different acts, I should say,
0: and they're all good.
1: Uh, yeah, they're well, they're all good in their area. Right. It was the freakiest thing in the world because that's not how you normally go to a concert, right? You go to a concert to a listen specific, to a particular genre. Exactly. Exactly. Like if you're going to see Jay Z, for example, mm-hmm. you're going to hear another
0: rapper with him. Similar. Similar yeah, to Jay Z, right.
1: right? At least in the area of rap.
0: Right. Because that's the, the demographic that, yeah.
1: <clears throat> sure. Exactly. Or if you're going to go listen to rock and roll, you're going to hear another rock and roll act. That's not what happened here. So we got a chance to see all different kinds of music. I'll give you an that's example. pretty dope, man. <clears throat> there was one night where I wasn't expecting to go. I ended up showing up to Fillmore East. They should give you a little program. Mm-hmm. I look in the program, and the first act is Porter's Popular Preachers. Mm-hmm. 30 black gospel ministers wow. singing gospel music. Man. From the South. Right. They were legit. Right. They were amazing. Their harmonies were great. The Uh, lyrics were incredible. And it just blew your hair back. Right, 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 right. The very next act was the very first time Led Zeppelin ever played live. Wow. Ever. It was here in the United States in New York City. Right. And then the last act was... uh, I can't remember the name of the band, but Inagata Davida is the famous song that they had, uh, oh, yeah, why am the I psychedelic. Yeah, band. Something yeah, I'm blanking on. They were so hard to In listen the Garden to. Of Eden?
0: Yeah, or... Inagata Davida. Right, right. So yeah. it's very
1: hard to listen to after you heard the whole first album from Led Zeppelin. Right. Because it sort of ruined it for you.
0: Hmm.
1: But anyhow, that was his concept. Um, it probably helped that we were Smoking some ganja weed from Mexico (laughs) and all that.
0: Of course, it always helps, right? Um,
1: Doesn't it go? Or having some sangria and that. But still, it was a very cool way to listen to music, and I got exposed to a lot of things. Saw Jimi Hendrix in the very early days of and then he didn't live all that long, actually. But still, Uh, probably 50 times. Wow. He was there all the time. Wow there was a, an act called the Soft Machine used to open for him totally instrumental band I've heard of the Soft Machine yeah Farfisa organ really like jazz fusion or something yeah like that? sort of like a fusion-y jazzy right. uh, all no yeah. no vocals exactly. all instrumental
0: exactly yeah the
1: Farfisa organ which has that weird sound with the spinning speaker in it and all okay, that sort yeah. of stuff and then Jimmy would come out you know pretty well taken out by his own you know heroin use and whatnot, <laughs> and, and <laughs> take these long elongated you know lead breaks, and, mm. uh, but he was a special cat, obviously. Yeah. Saw him alone. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy. Janice Joplin with Big Brother Janice and Holding Company and man. Doors and
0: yeah, all this door, kind of stuff, man. full of cl- uh, historically classic stuff. Okay, so <clears throat> reminiscing on, uh, on that time in your life, what do you think today is missing that that era had?
1: You know, it's one of those things you can't put a finger on. I mean, I saw the Rolling Stones live the first time they ever played in a big venue. They Mm -hmm. played at Madison Square Garden, and they recorded the famous album, Get Your Yayas Out. Ah. And that's with Midnight Rambler and Jumpin' Jack Flash and all those songs. But it was so beautifully done, even though back in the early 70s, the recording instruments they were using was not high-tech like it is now. Mm -hmm. So I guess, in a way, there was a difference between the live stuff very real difference between the live stuff and the in the recording stuff okay? right uh, but not like today they weren't overdubbing a lot of stuff in the studios it just was more perfect
0: mm-hmm.
1: whereas certain bands like the Stones when they played live it was actually better live because you could right. feel the energy
0: that's a trip man There's, I've, I've been on YouTube and I've listened to uh, a lot of like bands from you know different eras man and There was a lot of times where the the, the live recordings or them on stage in concert sounded so much better than the actual recording, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, that's how you know that, like, if you could play what you recorded, like, if you could play something on your album better than what it sounds like on your album, that means you are a real musician, man. I think that's a good way of putting it. You know, the other side is to the
1: energy of a live Performance of a song that you did in a studio. Right. There's a lot of starts and stops and overdubbing and right, right. But now you got one shot at it. You know. And That's what I'm saying. So you have to make the best of it. You got to yeah. go hard. And back in those days, there was a lot of open mics. Right. So you couldn't really segregate things out. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can more now. Than you
0: could then. What do you mean segregate things out?
1: Well, for example, as things got more sophisticated. When you record a live uh, performance, Mm -hmm. you can get a clean version, a cleaner version of, say, the lead guitar.
0: I see. Whereas back in the
1: day, with a big wall of Marshall amps, it's getting picked up by all the other open mics. So you're kind of playing it raw. I see what you're saying. You're playing it more raw. Right, right, right. It gets into the the tedium of, of recording, but... But as far as today, I don't I don't know what the difference is. I really don't know. I mean just with the energy. With <laughs> that's the what vibe. I mean. I don't know yeah. what the
0: difference is. Some of the Do you even listen to the music that that's being recorded? And... S- some Some who do you listen to?
1: Oh, boy. Um <clears throat> Well, for example, there's a girl named Paloma Faith out of London. Okay. some people uh well, I don't. Again, she's she's on YouTube. You can check her out. She's got a really interesting voice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What was the name of the girl? Why am I blanking on this girl's name who uh, committed suicide? Actually, just yeah she Amy suicide. Winehouse. Yeah, Amy. Some people Amy sort Winehouse. of draw a parallel to her and Amy Winehouse. I oh, I see. So she's see. jazzy. She has she's some got soul. A, she's got a lot of soul. Okay. And uh, so that would be outside of the realm of just straight rock and roll. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, for years I loved Aerosmith's performances live. Right. And coming out of LA, I mean we'd see the same people in LA would get on a plane and go to New York and get on that same plane and go to Philly. Mm-hmm. Most people that watched an Aerosmith show when they were out on tour would go to six or eight shows and these are people that had day jobs. I mean, right. These were not grateful deadheads. These were
0: right. grateful deadheads. We
1: loved watching them perform live and there were right. a lot of musicians that used to because they were a great live band. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've kind of seen their day now. They've
0: been together over fifty years making original yeah, music. Yeah, they don't 50 have. To years. They, so. they've made their mark. They've <clears throat> made men, literally made men. Right. You know, they're good. They're good to go. Do
1: you ever hear Eminem's version of Dream On? The... Oh
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I mean,
1: that's an insane thing. By the way, yeah. quick little story on that. So Eminem's in the studio and he's doing his rap. Okay. To the actual recorded song of Dream On, and he had to tell the Aerosmith Publisher, this is what he was doing, and Stephen Tyler, who was actually named Stephen Tallarico, I grew up with Stephen, back okay. in Newarkers, Right. Right. Um, he heard about it, and he picks up the phone, it's kind of a nice, the music The music industry can be really
0: nice at times. Wait, so they didn't know that he was, was he just uh, fucking around? Eminem no, he was or?
1: actually recording it, and he was it was recording because it. he had to buy the publishing rights, the Obviously, publisher got right, in right, touch right. somehow with Stephen. Or the band, or the I manager, see. and said, hey, "By the way, Eminem's doing this this riff on the Dream On." Right. Stephen picked up the phone and said, "Why are you trying to do your rap to the recording? Why don't you just have me come over and I'll and
0: re-record it." Redo Eminem. it exactly. So you that's know. what you know. That's a trip because <clears throat> uh, George Clinton and Parliament used to do that in the early '90s mm-hmm. when, like, Snoop came out. Sure. Too short. Sure. They, because they, they would. They, I saw them being interviewed, and and George Clinton was like, "Yeah, man, just, just tell us, you will come in and just re-record it. You, you, you don't have to sample it. You know what I'm saying?" That's that's a perfect example Exa- right there. Yeah,
1: George Clinton, and the Funkadelics, man.
0: Man, come on now, that's yeah. a whole.
1: Not- <laughs> we worked with them on a movie called All Access, which okay. was an IMAX movie. Which right. had a large booking of, of people. George Clinton and the Funkadelics was one. Macy Gray was another. Macy Kid Rock, Gray. Trey Anastasio. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a and many more. I mean, I'm just blanking on all. But working with George Clinton and that whole group, and right. the dancers and everything, it was just it was phenomenal. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of them growing up. Oh, I okay. I don't know why they did a lot of West Coast live stuff. I see. I don't think they came I east see. as much. But where is Parliament from? Hmm. Where they from like Ohio? San Francisco. Oh, San for Francisco. some reason, I thought they were San Francisco. Maybe they all moved to San, Fr- and maybe all that's wrong. But I for think her, they're her. a West Coasty type of okay, deal. Okay, I, I, I
0: see. I see, I um, see. No, because I have. Well, I I used to have a friend that was from the East Coast, and he he tripped out because he 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 was like he made a point. He said a lot of the hip hop, the West Coast hip hop, they use funk music, but a lot of these funk bands that they use it from, they're from the East Coast.
1: Yeah, like also, I, I, in speaking with George, you know, just in between songs and everything, I asked him what his, some of his influences were, and I, this did not shock me, but Sly and the Family Stone?
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, if you think about what the what the Funkadelics are playing, right? It's a lot like the beds that that Sly and the Family Stone yeah. used.
0: because Sly and the Family Stone was doing it before Parliament, right? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. He, he was doing 60s. it in the late sixties. Exactly,
0: exactly. They were doing it in the sixties. So, uh, but man, everything's derivative. I mean, it's the, James. We he's the pioneer. Correct, James you know Brown. I mean? That's the pioneer. The and pioneer. Then, the Godfather of Soul. Exactly, exactly.
1: So everything's derivative. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's, like, completely unique about anything, really. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, but that's okay. That's okay.
1: Yeah, so I don't know what the difference is between... I, maybe the difference is, um, on some level, it's a little lazier today. You know, the bands that come out now are a little lazier in their approach. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure. I, I don't know Why? I don't think it's be. First of all, there were a lot. There were a lot
0: more bands that were really good right. back but then. Right. But see, the thing is. But that's a record label thing. I see. But see, the thing is, is that I feel like back then you had to be good. There was no loophole. You know what I mean? Like now, because of technology, it has made it where you don't really have to be that talented to be able to create some kind of wave. That's right. It's a trip, man. Did you ever see the original Woodstock movie? No. No, I saw. <laughs> you probably didn't see. This is, this is like the opposite of Woodstock. It was called The Watts Stack. And Richard Pryor hosted it. Really? And it was in. Where was it done? I think it was in. It was in Watts. It was recorded in Watts. It was a concert in hmm. Watts. Huh. And uh, they had. Um, a lot of different acts, man. They had, um, oh man, what are their names? Uh, the Barqués, the Bar-Kays, Um a, a bunch of them. But uh, the, the guy that sang Shaft, man, what is his name? Uh, Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Uh, <laughs> Isaac Hayes has a club in Memphis, by the way. Really? I've been to a number of times. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was a lot of a bunch of acts, and it was like a. Kind of like a documentary. They just documented the whole the concert that they didn't watch. But no, I, I haven't seen the, the original Woodstock footage. If
1: you go back and watch that, I mean, it was 1969, so it's right. a lot of years old. But you'll see great live performances mm-hmm. by a myriad of types of bands. Mm-hmm. Okay, The West Coast influences. Think about the hippie sounding. The English rock. So the hippie sounding right. would be something like Jefferson Airplane, right? Jefferson Airplane. The the English sound would be, there's a classic song called Going Home by Ten Years After. Okay. I mean, you know, if if, if the audience doesn't even familiar with Ten Years After, they'll know that song, Going Home. It's been used in advertisements and things like that. Okay,
0: years. okay,
1: yeah. Anyway, a Joe Cocker was on that. I mean, that's English. Ooh, Joe Cocker. My father liked Joe Cocker. Yeah, yeah, then you got Country Joe and the Fish. <laughs> but these are all sort of West Coasty. So Jefferson Airplane, Country Joe and the Fish, uh, the do- well actually the Doors weren't at Woodstock, but but again that's the Doors are a West Coast sounding band. Mm-hmm. Okay. East Coast was primarily derivative from English rock. Okay. okay. Right. Right. A lot of people that grew up listening to the Stones and uh, Led Zeppelin. And Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin came a little bit. A- Led Zeppelin after. actually came out in like I think it was 1970. What about the or Grateful 71? Dead? Grateful Dead would definitely be West Coast. West Coast. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um so I mean there's there's two very different sounds, but they're everybody was really good at what they did. Yeah. Yeah. And they took a lot of pride in being really good at what mm-hmm. they did. I mean, later on you'd have bands like Fleetwood Mac show up. And they're actually they're actually a blues band, although what we know them from is all these pop hits that they had. But they're actually their first couple of records, their first couple of albums, straight blues. Okay. Straight blues. No pop hits, no no AM radio hits, nothing. Right. And then somebody at the record label got to them and said, (laughs) Listen, if you want an airplay, if you want to make some money. (laughs) Right. Let's start singing some pop ballads. Right. And they did. Stevie Nicks. (laughs) Wow. But uh, so so great talent often? Okay, uh-huh. can can be malleable, right? And somebody can say, Well, you're not going to sell any real records doing, doing this type doing of doing what music. you do. Yeah, now you're never going to say that to Jimi Hendrix, and there was no need to because Jimi got all some the people there is in the no world. need to. Yeah, no, yeah. there wasn't because you sort of flew over everything, you know?
0: right? Right, right. Um,
1: but anyway, my point about the Woodstock movie is you'll see all different types of bands, right, playing there and folk singers, Joni Mitchell, and this sort of stuff really, really folk. Okay? Right. Whether you like that stuff or not, you smoke quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're playing in front of what was it, four hundred thousand people? Mm. I mean, it was just insane. Mm.
0: There are a lot of good examples of that though. Yeah, man, music, uh, you know, being that my father was so much older, I that's all I heard growing up is, is the older music. You know what I mean? Jazz. A lot of jazz. My father loved jazz, man. Charlie Parker, Louis Armstrong and Chet Baker, and um, Duke Ellington.
1: Speaking of which, I played a little bit of this for you. Uh-huh. The greatest Frank Sinatra album is a live record, two, two record set. Right. Called Sinatra at the Sands. hmm With Duke. Yeah. And it's on his 50th birthday. Oh, okay. So, you know, the years that Frank was a real crooner and he had that clean voice. Right. And right. then later on... In the in the late '70s and '80s, he had sort of a smoking whiskey type voice. Yeah, this was done in 1967. It's like right in the middle of his career. Mm. So there's this combo of old blue eyes. Yeah, old blue eyes, and he's talking to the audience. He does a little monologue on the thing, but Duke Ellington's music behind Frank Sinatra, 50 right in the right in the pocket. You know, that's incredible. One of the great records of all time. Sometimes if you, you know, if you have to look it up by category, Mm -hmm. I was about to say, if you go to a record store, there aren't records. Yeah, exactly. But if you look it up, sometimes you have to look under jazz because it's Duke Ellington. Right. And sometimes they put it under Frank was,
0: uh, Frank, Frank made even his standards. They were always jazzy. There was a jazz element. If you really, really listen. He loved jazz. You could tell he loved jazz. jazz you know why? It was, was a part of his fucking world. You know what I mean?
1: You know why? Some people, the people that are real Sinatra files will say he was the best Fraser
0: oh, yeah. of lyrics
1: yeah. of all time. But you know what? For anybody that knows his story, they'll tell you, anytime he was asked, and he didn't do many interviews. Right. But the few he did, when they would say, you're considered to be the greatest singer of all time, he'd always go, now nah, I'm not. I tell you, the
0: greatest singer of all time was Tony Bennett. Yeah, Tony. He loved Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett, Bennett. Was a bad motherfucker, Jack. No, he was. Um, yeah.
1: I just want to be around to pick yeah. up the pieces when somebody breaks your heart.
0: <laughs> it's funny that you <laughs> sing that because there's a um, a comedian named Joey Diaz who I, I dig a lot, man, and he plays that. He plays that in his podcast. Like if he wants everything to calm down and everybody to just chill out, he'll tell the producer, "Hey man, put on Tony Bennett." And it's that song. I and just want. It's called
1: "I Just Want to Be Around." It's
0: always that song, man. Yep. I love that song. Though. You know what
1: that is? It's the flip side when 45s used to exist right. of the San Francisco song.
0: Okay. I left my heart in
1: San Francisco. Huh. It's the B side. I see. Wow, that makes sense. I saw. You know. I saw him live open up at the Rainbow Grill. Mm-hmm. It's actually in between the Rainbow Room and the Rainbow Grill, they opened up another area back in New York, 66th floor, Rockefeller Plaza, overlooking the entire city of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. January 4th, I can't remember the year, but it was, it was back a ways, 1992, 3, 4, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was the very first act. And it was a small room, really intimate. Okay. And they just had a drummer playing with brushes. Right. Stand-up bass player and a piano player and, and him, Tony. That's it.
0: That's all you need.
1: And it was one of the really great... I mean, we got in late. I knew the matrix d' really well. Palmed him a couple bucks. Right. He put a table right on the floorboards. We were, si- we were sitting on the actual wooden floorboards that he put down because he wanted to have that sound when he was walking.
0: Right, right,
1: right. So it was that close to him. And during that show... I don't think I just want to be around, was on his set list, but I kept asking, would you play I just want to be
0: around? <laughs> right, right, And he Please finally said, for it, the man.
1: guy with the weird hair over there, I think I'm going to play I just want to <laughs> yeah, be around.
0: That's Get him to
1: stop talking.
0: That is hilarious, man. Yeah, it was a fun night. Fun no, night. Tony Bennett, so many, man. Sammy Davis Jr., he was, uh, he was an alien, man. You yeah. Know what I mean, he was something that had never existed before, man. Sammy was... Uh, yeah, man. When you it's think boing, about Sammy, boing, man.
1: yeah, when you think I about Sammy, I mean, uh, we know him from TV, we know him from films. Yeah, but he was a song and dance man. Oh
0: man, vaudeville, he he was that guy. Yeah, he could the, dance, the, tap. tap, all everything. He was even a, uh, um, um, what is it called when they, uh, uh, the one of the fastest uh gun like mm-hmm. gun drawers? He would that quicker. He would he would draw his gun out. He was good at that.
1: I know we talked about this, but Sammy Davis Jr. did his guest appearance on All in the Family. Oh, yeah. It's it. one of the real classics oh, yeah, 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 of yeah. sitcom period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Archie Bunker and Sammy D it was, it was yeah. something
0: else. Yeah, but see, the music, for some reason, man, there's something about the music, the cinema. The uh, vibe, the, the energy, I don't know what it is about the 70s that I've always loved. Mm-hmm. And I still love to this day. And it's weird because I was born in 1986. I have never even seen any parts of the 70s. No, yeah, but it's your dad's influence. Right. right. So you heard it growing up. Yes, I heard it growing up, but even... Just throughout my whole life, man, I'm 34 years old, and it's like I still have this weird connection with the 70s. It's something about that time, that decade that was like, I wish that, I I feel like sometimes I I'm, I should have grown up in that era. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Just sure. because of my mindset, you know, the type of music I like, my, the way I get down, you know, it's just, it's a trip, man. And, um... Yeah, I feel like at the, I think I feel like in the '70s, it's like the '70s is like this weird. Bri- it was a, a bridge for like you know race relations to change and music was changing, movies were changing. Because if you think about it, in the '40s, '50s, and '60s, it had certain types of movies and they they were limited. And as soon as like the '70s came, man, that's fucking Martin Scorsese. Fucking who else was like huge? Fucking Brian De Palma, yeah. all of these 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 filmmakers who and they changed the whole like energy of of cinema, man. And
1: Scorsese used a lot of the
0: music of the day yeah, in his yeah. soundtracks. Exactly, still
1: does. In Goodfellas, for example, he right. goes back and pulls all right. that music together. Yeah, you know, quality holds up. So it the music does. of the 60s and the 70s you know I mean I don't spend a lot of time listening to it cherry picking it now yeah, I used listening to, to it when it. I was
0: younger like, right. when, it, like it, when I was around to trip <clears throat> I remember uh, I remember buying The Temptations The Greatest Hits of Temptations just so I could listen to it with my father mm-hmm. You know what I mean just because it's like he actually grew up he actually was alive when these, you know what I mean? This group was was playing and they were hot. So it's like, just to see, I would I would want to play music. This is what I would do every time when I was younger. I'll be like, if I'm watching a movie or if I'm watching something and I know my father can connect with it in some kind of way, I would tell him to come in the room like, Daddy, come here. And he would come in and he would watch it. He would laugh. He would have a good time. And as a kid, you know, that's all you want. You want to... You want your parents to be happy. You want your dad and your mother to be happy, and that's what I would do, man. And um, it was just, it's, it's so much fun. Like,
1: well, that's what great art does. It gives us common ground.
0: Right. It, it bridges generations. Exactly. So you exactly. call your father in it to watch bridges.
1: a particularly funny thing that yeah. maybe Richard's doing, exactly. or, or the Jeffersons, it, takes, or...
0: it puts him in a different mindset. Correct. It yeah. takes him. You know, nostalgia, it's like it brings him back to a certain time in his life, and just to see that, it excited me. I love to see people that I care about happy, Mm -hmm. basically, you know. For
1: sure. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the difference between today's music and what we're discussing now. I mean, you're probably not going to find a whole lot of people saying, hey, Dad, come on in here and listen to this. Exactly, exactly. why?
0: (laughs) <laughs> why? what would be the bright right you'd be ruining his day. you Which, by make... the way isn't to say there isn't any good music <laughs> yeah, it's today been...
1: It's just that there's not tons of it.
0: classics don't exist anymore no what's the last... what, what was the last classic like let's be honest as far as musically what what's the last song you're like, you know what this is timeless this is timeless. Well, I think the, it stopped at the 70s or the 80s. Yeah, maybe after that, like, what's classic?
1: Yeah, probably by the time we got into the 90s, it's a it little harder. To, it's, it's harder to find
0: it's, it. It's exactly. It started to get a little muddled.
1: I mean, the the early rap stuff with Run DMC is really. good. Oh yeah, that's
0: always gonna be. That's always gonna be. Good. But I mean, like, just like. But. It used to be, they used to make classics <laughs> every every, every artist that was huge and came out with a single it was a classic every time it's not like that anymore yeah it's hit or miss now like you come out with a song it might be classic eh, it might last a fucking week most likely it's going to last a week especially with this um you know this uh, social social media and um the internet and everything like that like what it does it gives people instant gratification yeah and they can have whatever whatever they want, whenever they want. There is no patience or waiting. I remember being young, and you had to wait for an album to come out. And then not only did you have to wait for it to come out, you had to go to the store. And you had to find it. Then you had to wait in a line. Then you had to pay for it. That's right. Then You you know what I mean? It was a process. Now it's just, just like that. I can have whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like, it devalues the work that was put into it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it, it's not, it, for me, it doesn't feel like it was worth it. Like, I remember going to Amoeba and staying in Amoeba for an hour just to find a, a, a dope album that I never heard before, and just searching through all of these different, you know, albums and, and music genres and all of this. That whole process of searching for the music, and it being a physical thing and not a digital thing. Right, right. It 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 just it changed the way you felt
1: about the music. You know, you bring that up it was really interesting. As a kid, we didn't have tons of money. Whatever money we had, we bring to the record stores. You know? Exactly. The problem was, since you didn't have enough mm-hmm. to buy every record you wanted to buy of every band you loved, right. you had to prioritize. Yeah, Like you may have only enough money to buy three or four albums mm-hmm. or two albums and some 45s, whatever it might have been. Right. And you'd have to leave stuff behind. Hmm. So that became
0: the issue. Yeah. There was so much music to buy. But it puts you in a position... That whole prioritizing you were just talking about, it puts you in a position where you had to choose the best. Yeah, excellent. You dig what I'm saying? Excellent. You couldn't just, just, just like grab anything and fill your head up with nonsense. Like, you had to meticulously choose what you knew was worth choosing. For sure. You know?
1: I mean, you walk in there to get the new Beatle album, but you also wanted to buy. X, Y, and Z. Right. So you had to value Y and Z. Right. So now you're sort of ranking.
0: Exactly. You're putting exactly. a ranking on these records. Exactly. And that that process is what I miss. There yeah. is no ranking anymore. They're just throwing it at you. Yeah. They're just yeah. throwing it at you. You download it. You hear it. There is no like, damn. Which it's just weird, man.
1: You know, I'll give you an example. <laughs> I I never forget. One time, watching the NBA All Star Game on TV mm-hmm. from Philadelphia, and Destiny's Child mm-hmm. was playing at the halftime. Okay. And uh, was it was it the All Star Game or it might have been a playoff game? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But the way they dressed was half from one like one Philadelphia jersey and one Laker jersey. If that's oh, okay. who they were playing, I'm not sure. Right. And those people were th- that band was booed off the stage. Wow. By Philadelphians. Philadelphians are a little rough. They okay? yeah, don't fuck around. They didn't get it. Yeah. Because when you think about girl bands like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not sure that in 1994 everybody was thinking this, but what I thought about was I saw Diana Ross and The Supremes. Yeah. I mean, that was a girl band. Yeah. That was somebody, I mean, you listen to them. The harmonies were unbelievable. Diana right. was obviously the star of that. Right. Destiny's Child was like a trick. A first of many tricks that would come out, you know, even the boy mm. bands. Backstreet you know. Boys InSync. Well, Backstreet Boys were a little yeah, no, Backstreet you're right. Backstreet Boys and InSync. I was Pretty thinking much. about boys to men being separate. Okay, Backstreet Boys, boys, boys men, yeah. and InSync. Yeah. They were tricks. Right. Just tricks. Right. There was nothing great going on there. Right. But they put on a great show. That was the beginning of laser lighting and big sound systems. So, Did Michael Jackson do all that crazy shit? Oh, yeah. I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I'm, but Michael Jackson was Michael Jackson. He right. could have gone out and it's played the, acapella separate. and people would have yeah, thought it's it was separate. great. Yeah. But Michael Jackson didn't need any help. Right. right. In sync and
0: Backstreet Boys, they needed that extra. They needed to know yeah, right, 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 visually right, right. as well as exactly. audio. Exactly. To, to, to kind of balance out yeah. everything. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, you
1: know, and then it sort of devolved into the Jonas Brothers and things of that nature. And you just sort of go, oh, my gosh, what are we doing here? You know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, you know, and, again, I don't think we always have to live in the past to find great work. There is great work. You just no, have to is. work at it more to you find. You just
0: have to work at it, exactly. It's not so just simple. It's like you used to, yeah, when you didn't have that uh, uh, accessibility. Yeah to be able to just get whatever you want when you want it, you know? So, no, man, I can dig it, man. I can dig it.
1: Oh, this is fun. We're going to have to do another, uh, maybe a part two of this podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. All right. It's about 39 minutes. All right, 39 minutes of gold out there, folks. Yeah. Thank you, Jay, for having me on. I
0: appreciate it. No problem, bro. Keep me in mind for the next uh, episode. Oh, yeah, I got to do it, man. All right, baby. Appreciate it. All All right, man. You have have a wonderful uh, day, brother. Hey, you too, man. Tell me why Why life can be be so so hard. Every day we pray that we get through the rain.